Local leaders, top stories, the news that matters most to you. The News Drive at 5 with host Patrick Reynolds starts now. Welcome to the News Drive at 5 for this Friday, February the 16th, 2024. Thanks to all of you for tuning in this afternoon. This is the first of our News Drive at 5 conversation series. And alongside my special guest tonight, we're going to chat a little bit. Iredell County Commissioner Melissa Nieder is in studio and in the house. How are you, Melissa? Doing well. Thank you for the opportunity to come in and visit again. Again. So it went okay with you the first time you invited me back in the studio. And so we're going to have a, oh, let's say a, a bit of a repeat on some of the topics, I feel certain. However, I like how, well, this this have a little bit of a refresher about how our relationship was back oh gosh it's been well over a year ago but as we co-hosted a show for several years well over a hundred episodes of why should i care right here in this same studio so you have an opportunity to invite me back in so things couldn't have been all bad for all that time we spent (laughs) together on the radio so I, i worked for mcgriddles you did at that time, and now I have none in a basket for you, none in a cooler, no coupons, no nothing. So, because after two years of retirement from the McDonald's business, after, oh gosh, almost 32 years in the business. So, mm. but you know, it led our past together, and together we spread good, positive, truthful news right here at WSIC on the airwaves. I enjoyed the wonderful time over two years we spent together. We on did. Why should I care? Yeah. I loved every minute of it. It was a lot of fun. And we had an opportunity to be able to make connections for people, to share their message, because so many times when you get wrapped up in a cause for nonprofits or um, organizations, they themselves, who are involved in those organizations, have that passion daily. They believe in what they're doing. But just because it's inside of them doesn't mean other people feel it until they really get that message across. It's all about the story. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you do what you do? So that's what pulls people together too which leads to my next mm. question oh does is, it yes so wait a minute okay go ahead. don't for, you're not gonna forget it all right I, memory all right. memory like a sieve but go ahead uh, so that's what i was afraid of so with that being said if my memory serves me correctly patrick henry patrick patrick reynolds if i who are you again patrick reynolds yes okay McHenry's thank you the other guy. yes it just tells you my day-to-day routine of uh what my responsibilities on that end. So, as I was saying very poorly, but we'll start that sentence over. As I remember, Patrick, when you and I would co-host, you chose not to know who the guest was going to be for the day. Correct. Because you didn't want any uh, preconceived notions, thoughts, questions to pop into your head. You feel like you do the best interview without questions ahead of time. So, is that pretty much the direction I feel like this show is going to take? Absolutely. You found me out. Okay, great. <laughs> it took me quite a few words to get that out, but fortunately it's an hour-long show. Yes, we got, th- we got plenty of time to talk to you. Oh, thank goodness. So, All right, as you were saying, you had a question. The show, Why Should I Care? I wanted to go mm-hmm. back into your history, who you are, because I'm sure a segment of the WSIC News Talk audience does not know who you are. Right. There's plenty of people that do, but sure. you know, you're, we are, there's also people right now hearing your voice mm-hmm. for the first time as county commissioner going, uh, c- coming up for re-election. Right. They're wondering who the heck you are. So I wanted to get to the show. Mm-hmm. You talked about why do people do what they do. Exactly. Why did you 
start the show here in WSSE called Why Should I Care? What was the driving motivation for you? And I'm glad you said that because we also mentioned the McDonald's, a reference to mm-hmm. food on that one, too. So um, it was a family business for us, McDonald's. My husband's parents opened McDonald's in 1975, the first one in Iredell County. And life's forks in the road led me in, and Mike and I married back in 1991. So I learned the family business. So as I say all that, I learned so much about working with the public at that time and involved directly with people that when you're in the restaurants and you're in places like that, you truly hear the needs, the complaints, the comments, what's going on in people's lives. And with that, over the years, of course, we with M. Neater Management, the McDonald's franchise of Iredell County, sponsored so many events. We're on the back of T-shirts. We were involved with education, veterans, animals, you name it, we were a part of by sponsorships, donating food, donating time. Well, that spoke to me. And during that time, it's like, well, what can I do next to take it to the next level? Because when you spoke about it in the restaurant, I planned so many events, was at so many golf tournaments, talk with people that we were actually raising money for a cause to impact lives of our neighbors people we pass on the streets, we don't know what's going on with everyone. I'm like, well, what can I do in my shoes to make a difference? How can I impact? Which is truly what anybody can do. What can they offer from their skill set, their financial level, their talents? How can they help? So I'm like, all right, we're, we're sponsoring things. We're donating money. We're donating food. We're donating time. What could I do next? My thoughts were, how can I reach a bigger audience? How can I get these nonprofits and organizations out to the next level. So with that, I actually ran into Kim uh, Wasson at an event, mm-hmm. and she says, we need to talk. And she laughs from this day because, um, actually, she asked me, we need to talk, and I said, we're not doing any more advertising. <laughs> so she's like, no, no, no. She said, we need to talk. She said, you have a message from so many causes why not take it to the radio? I'm like, no, I'm not a radio personality. I've never done radio. I've never studied broadcasting. Little did I know that it was just sharing a message filled with information and ways to connect people was essentially what the goal was. So circling back around, I sat down with Kim, came to WSIC, and my show name I came up with was Why Should I Care? And I have no idea that it was the same letters as WSIC, (laughs) which was just a really cool coincidence. But at that point, I said, you know, we're going to cover some very serious topics. I need someone that I can have in the studio with me who's got a little bit of experience and that I can rely on to a little bit of humor because a lot of times folks that are really good at what they do at nonprofits may not be comfortable at a microphone. Because, you know, if you're going to be on radio, you need to be able to talk and share information and be comfortable with that. Or even laugh. Have a good time like we're doing in here now. So I'm like, how about if I uh, borrow Patrick? And she said, all right, maybe for a little while that ought to work out. And so we put the pieces together. (laughs) And I remember it's been five years since you and I did the promotional video, the Facebook Live saying, hey, guess what we're going to do? Five years. Five years. So looking back at that. You came into the studio with me, and knowing that I had a sidekick that had radio experience, and if I went, duh, 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 you know, or or didn't know what to say, which a little while ago I screwed up your name, it's just, you know, (laughs) nothing personal, but 
None, no offense. Well, wait taken. a minute. Maybe I did do that on purpose, Patrick. Maybe. Just because there might have been a few jokes over the years as how our relationship formed with uh, the radio together. But all in all, it was such a unique opportunity for me to bring different guests into the studio to where they had the awareness just even for, you know, maybe 30 minutes Mm -hmm. on the air. But we sold tickets to raffles. We were able to get people to attend events, gave them a way to be part of it because the question I'm asked most of the time is, I would have helped, but I didn't know. So why not listen to the radio for more information? And that's what we're doing right now. And now they know. They do. Or we informed a lot of people on we that. Did. We'll touch on why should I care a little bit further along the show. We're up against the break right now. The News Drive at 5 conversation series rolls on. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 conversation series for this Friday. February 16th, 2024, Iredell County Commissioner Melissa Nieder is live and in studio alongside. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time here with us. My Appreciate pleasure. It. It's good to have you with us. I always enjoy, do, enjoy doing radio. Can you not tell that I'm such a professional with a microphone? You came in as a rookie. I remember your raw rookie days. And yeah. then look at you now. You're just coming in here. You're, you're direct, about the same. <laughs> directing the show, producing just about, making sure everything's going on. So you, far, he hasn't turned my microphone <laughs> off, so... Well, give them a chance. Keep talking. We'll, we'll get you on something. It might happen. Here. It might happen. <laughs> you are somewhat of a unicorn in this area in that you're a native. Mm-hmm. There are part of the uh, issues that you address on the board, Iredell uh, Board of Commissioners, mm-hmm. is the growth in the area. Every uh, person elected office officer that I speak to on air, that is an issue, is the growth on this. Yeah from all these people like me, like Joe, like all of us, that moved to the area because yeah. it's so amazing here it from is. where we grew up. It's got four seasons. Yeah. Yeah. But you, yourself, let's let's back up a little further. Mm-hmm. We backed up in the first segment a little bit. Let's go back a little further. You're a native. Where were, where were you born in? Sundown Give Road. me your whole life right give, now. Give it to 20 you. 20 seconds. Right? In 20 seconds, I'll summarize because, yeah, it was, it has been such a huge change for me to watch this evolve because... Back when I was growing up, I lived on Sundown Road, mm-hmm. that is on the southern end of the county. And with that, Sundown was a dirt road, and the cows were watered in the lake. I just aged myself, so that tells you. Um, so I am 55 years old, mm-hmm. and in my 55 years, to see the change that has taken place, it's, it's unreal. Um, but with it comes a lot of good things. And, and challenges as well, because people did realize over the years that this is a great place to live. It really, really is. And I say that because I've never had the desire to live outside of Iredell County. Mm-hmm. So I didn't leave and come back. I never left. I've stayed here and had a successful career with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It wasn't what I had planned out in my young years because life is just, like we said, full of forks and spoons and play settings and everything else, but I wouldn't change a thing. And that's what's so unique about the opportunities that we have in our area, too, but yet I can have a conversation with someone and put the pieces together, connect the dots, Mm -hmm. and we will have crossed paths. Our family would have known each other, and it's still got that small-town feeling. But yet there's other people I often ask. It's like, well, how did you wind up here? What brought you to here? Because I was born here. 
and it's just it's it's been fun it really has to watch the changes but yet i am truly concerned about the forefront that we're at now with with growth and Mm -hmm. these next steps it's critical is that part of the passion that makes you want to serve the community and, and be on it the is. board of commissioners? You've it is. You're born here, you've watched it develop, mm-hmm. you've watched it grow, and you want to do your best to To help navigate it. those yeah. because it is, we all assume it's as easy as saying, lock the doors, I'm the last one here, and no one else can come. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. And the other piece of it is with the county, we cannot stop what the municipalities or our cities that are located on the inside of the county perimeter, we cannot tell them, no, you cannot, unless it is too far out. So let, let's clarify that just a little bit, because people see housing developments going up or growth happening, and that may be city, it may be county, what is it? And that's where you got to identify by address and location. So a lot of times there are pieces of land that one day it's a field and the next day you feel like there's houses on it so you need to identify where it's at Mm -hmm. if it is within the three miles of a the city of statesville then it could very well be more than likely a city development so and if that owner of the property says hey i wanted to sell it to a developer or sell it to an individual who wants to sell it to a developer the county cannot say no you can't do that that's taking their land rights away from them Mm -hmm. So just knowing what we can do and what we can't do within the legal parameters of the law. One of the pieces of this we face is, though, as rooftops come up, services need to be provided. Schools need to be built. So how do you take care of that one? And currently in the state of North Carolina, we are not allowed to place fees on developers. Who pays the bill? Property owners, taxpayers. So it's a burden. That came up on our last conversation it here did. when you were in studio, mm-hmm. the impact fees. Correct. They're illegal, correct? In the state of North Carolina, correct. as it sits now, it would have to take a, a part of the ones that are representing us at state level to have the conversations yeah. to make those steps to where it could be a possibility. Any idea why? It just seems like common sense. And I'm a layman. I'm not a, right, right. you know, I don't hold office, not a politician, but a lot mm-hmm. of people walk around like this and it's like, why don't they, the infamous statements, why don't they, the infamous they do these things? And mm-hmm. I wonder why were impact fees not put into place? It just seems logical that they should be and that's to, a guy, to a guy like me. It does. Well, at county level, it seems like there should be more support from those who come in here to create traffic struggles and growth, why are they not a bigger part of the solution? Why are the infrastructure pieces not in place before the build happens? Exactly. And that's because the laws and rules, and I would have to actually dig into my notes to find, but there is a information on that. If you'll give me one second, there was a year that that was in place. (laughs) Yeah, Um, it's it's something like that. To the folks in Raleigh, that's got to be changed at the state level. Would that fall under whose jurisdiction? Would that be the Gray Mills of the world, the Vicki Sawyer's combination, of the world? I would believe. Okay. It would be a combination of everyone really coming together. It to, wouldn't be the Iredell County Board of Commissioners. This we is do a not have that. That's okay. right. We do not have that authority to be able to to require that. So you have, I think there's 100 counties in mm-hmm. this in state. In state of North Carolina, that's So correct. you would have, hypothetically speaking, you would have to have the representatives of all these counties be on the same page and want this to be changed and, and fight for these impact fees. Do we need a percentage? 
do to, to vote on this? How would that work? To so get I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity to say, hey, you're going to have to invite me back on the radio and I will find the answers to these questions Deal. because I don't want to <laughs> misspeak on how that works. Okay. Because at one point I felt like there were some counties that were in the process of making some changes to where the developer could be required to have more of a dog in, in that fight, if you will, right. of figuring out who's responsible for what. Because as it sits currently for us right here, it, as far as building schools, that burden falls on the taxpayers of Iredell County. Of course, there's a few pieces of grants, but let me tell you this one too. Through all of these pieces of, of funding, locally the dollars there's a per pupil funding that's in place for students of Iredell County mm -hmm. and Mooresville graded. And there's also money that goes to, to Mitchell College. But at the state level, because Iredell County is considered a wealthy county, there's very little funding that comes from state level funding. So is that formula in place at state level? Could it be tweaked? Yeah, I believe there's some area to adjust to where more of those state dollars could come to wealthier counties. When I say wealthier, it all revolves around your tax base, your your your, uh, your businesses and such, and your uh, amount of fund balance and tax level, all that. There's a lot of moving parts to this. But yeah, it feels like there's some conversations that could easily be had. What defines a wealthy county? What is, is there a dollar figure? There is. A lot of your counties that are struggling to as far as the income levels, um, the population, um, whether they're tourism-based or there's a lot of pieces to that one. So I'm going to make myself a note here, Patrick. <laughs> there are two things we have, and I'm sure the listeners would like to know what level makes a what county wealthy. wealthy yeah. yeah, what's a wealthy one? What would be And that? then all those pieces of a little bit of the past history on the impact fees. Because it was, it was decided. So in my notes, I did come across that... Um, it was years ago that was decided on. Yeah, currently elected officials are not permitted to request an impact fee from developers. That was decided by the North Carolina Supreme Court years back. And our state elected officials have not brought forth the legislation to allow government to levy the impact fee. So I can find out a little bit more okay. on those pieces. Because when you bring things up, you want to have answers. Mm -hmm. And that's one of my goals when I'm sitting in the seat as a county commissioner. If I cannot answer it, I will find out the answer. Because anyone who comes to a seat and says they have all the answers, be wary. Because <laughs> no one has all the answers to everything without doing a little bit of homework. And, and then share out the information accurately. There is a uh, land going to be developed around Exit 31 in Mooresville, Langtree, to 115. It was a story we covered here on News Drive at 5 a few weeks ago, how that infrastructure was going to be put in place because the land around that uh, exit had already been approved for development, but the town or town, state, county, my question, they were going to put in roads and infrastructure first before the development. Does that fall under your jurisdiction, Iredell County, or is that, that a town? That is town of Morrisville. That's a town item. Town okay. of Morrisville. So while you're talking about that area, though, this is, this is interesting. So going back to the beginning of this segment, when you're asking about a little bit about me and my growing up years, mm -hmm. I actually worked at, there was an all-seasons marina, the dry dock down at the end of that road out in that area. Yeah. Um, that was a job I had when I was like 15 years old. Serving hot dogs and uh, working with folks that come in by boat. So I've, I've watched the, the lake area change and evolve because those little side roads are no longer little side roads. 
No, that's a major thoroughfare. It I, is. I, the, the marina's still there, mm-hmm. down at the end of Langtree. Well developed, lots of nice houses down there. But uh, yeah, I think the this infrastructure would be on the east side east. of 77, mm-hmm. if I remember right, and it goes over to East to West Connector. Is that the one we're referring to? Yes, mm-hmm. that's it. Which I think in the news release you were part of. <laughs> it was yeah, it was mentioned on on that one as well. Okay, it's, but that was with the through the CRTPO. Right. On that one, too. So, which is Charlotte Regional Transportation. Okay. <laughs> Acronyms. I, as you're talking about development and how to manage it and things like that, I've got a quote here, and I don't know who to attribute it to, but it was someone we've had uh, on air recently. Possibly Jason Sane. I don't know. Don't. I, I'm giving you a quote, but I'm going to be an uh, irony you're, here is don't gotcha. quote me on this one. But he, people were talking to him about development in the area. Same thing infrastructure roads whatnot and he said you know i really wish you called me 20 years ago before you moved here i could have had everything in place for you i was like well from his point of view or an elected official you're about in that boat so i get it yeah melissa thanks for sharing your thoughts with us we've got more with melissa Nieder coming up right after the break news drive at five conversation series on patrick reynolds Welcome back to the News Drive at 5 conversation series. Patrick Reynolds at the controls here and my in-studio guest, Iredell County Commissioner Melissa Nieder, up for regu- uh, re-election. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Good to have you in studio with us. Primary day coming up. In your opinion, this is bigger for you than the actual election. Absolutely. This is major. Tell me it why. Is. Tell our audience so why. So we're sitting here in Iredell County. So anybody who lives in Iredell County that is registered to vote... As Republican or unaffiliated can vote in the primary election so you go in if you're unaffiliated you can just ask for the Republican ballot and I have to explain something because I didn't even realize this through the my early years of voting I would hit the you know the November election that was it you go vote what I didn't realize is let's just put it this way if you signed up to be on a team and you went through the tryouts and there was three positions available. You had seven people competing for that position. Four of them are going home. Essentially the same thing. Mm-hmm. We have three seats that are up for re-election. All three incumbents, the ones that were currently in those seats, all yep. three of us are running for re-election. In addition to that, there are four more candidates that are running for our seats. Mm-hmm. So, All Republicans. Correct. Do you know why there's so many Republican candidates and I believe only two? On there's the two Democrats. Right. It's Do you know why that is? Of the population of voters in right. Idaho County. I believe it's 80 to 20 Republican to We to just Democrat. skew red. That's just it. Correct. Simple as that. Right. Okay. Right. On that one, too. So okay. it was interesting, though, because I ran the first time in 2000 for the 20, 2020 mm-hmm. election. Yeah. Prior to that, I had an interest in an, an elected seat locally in 2016. And I selected and looked at what I was doing as far as the age of my children, where we're at in the business world. But I also looked and saw that in the 2020 election, there would be two seats coming available. And I say that because there were uh, two members at that time. There was two commissioners, Ken Robertson and Commissioner Tommy Bowles, that were coming off that were not serving again. So automatically there was two seats available. And I felt like that is my time I want to run to fill an empty seat. So it gives a different perspective for when we have three candidates, three candidates who are willing to serve again, 
who are in the seats with the experience, the knowledge, the understanding of where we're at currently on a lot of different topics. Why do we have so many folks running for these seats? What are they bringing to the table? What skill set are they bringing to say, hey, we feel we could do better than one of you or all of you? So voters, please think about this opportunity. Go vote in the primary because four people will not be on that ticket come November. So essentially in the county of Iredell, our race is won or lost in March. Keeping in mind that early voting begins on that, you know, it began 15th. Yeah. So it's going on and it will go until March the 5th. Find your early voting sites, show up, vote, and bring your ID. So. Well, looking at the numbers here, uh, seven Republican candidates, mm-hmm. and they're going to be three seats. Mm-hmm. The two Democratic candidates, there's no primary for them. That's correct. So are, will we have five candidates on the ballot? That's correct. In November. In November. Four, three seats. It'll be two Republicans and uh, three, three. Three Republicans, Republicans. two Democrats. Yeah, and, okay. And there's also... I'm going to need to look up the wording for this one. So during the next break, I'll look that up. But there's also a question on the ballot this year for voters to decide if they are comfortable with all commissioners receiving a four-year term. So, and I can say that I support that. And the reasons why, back in the 70s, there was a two-year one put onto the ballot and the voters said yes to it. And the reason they did that back in the 70s was because the way it was set up at that time, if all voters, there was an opportunity for all commissioners to be changed up to all being brand new, and then you'd lose all the experience. So Mm. it would be very difficult for staff to work with all new electeds at one time. So that two-year term went into effect. So you had staggered terms, and that's what we still have currently. So it's going to be on the ballot on the primary in March for voters to take a look at that to say, hey, do we want all of our commissioners to have a four-year term? So that would take place in 2026 if it's approved in 24. So that's just something. I'll get that wording, and we can read over that in the, in the next segment on mm-hmm. that But as well. But you need to think about that one, too, because every two years for the least, for the person who receives the least number of votes in November will have a two-year term for the commissioners. So if that changes, all of the ones in November would receive four-year terms beginning in 26. Okay. so It's very hard to describe right now. I so think I, I'm following you. You're following? Because yeah. you had a confused look there. <laughs> That's okay. I had to read it several times myself. You, yeah. I think as you were talking, I replayed it in my head just so I understood it yep. correctly. That everyone in this uh, election will have a two-year term and possibly in 2026 – that could extend to a four-year term That's as opposed correct. to a two-year term. Right, and then it wouldn't have that two-year two-year seat up. It wouldn't be three every time. It would be, okay. and I've got it written down if you want it read off completely. So we can, we can cover that one as, as well. Sure. Question for you. Mm-hmm. I am an Iredell County resident, okay. live in the county. Mm-hmm. Why should I vote for Melissa Neger? I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> and how many minutes do I have? Uh, well, we've got He's, about four until the next commercial it? break. However, after the break, you can continue on. Right. But go right ahead. Start right now. Why should I vote for you? Absolutely. And I'm glad when people ask me that because back in the day, I actually had, last time when I campaigned, starting in 2019, I had people come up and say, why would you do that? Politics is brutal. Why would you want to be a politician? I said that to you in the hallway when you came in the studio <laughs> today. <laughs> and, and you're right. It does have a brutal side. Why? But it's also got one of the most rewarding 
mm. sides because I'm asked so many times questions from citizens and I answer the phone, I answer the email yeah. and I connect them with staff or whoever they need to answer their questions. So I say to you, I show up, I participate and I do the work. And it's not just when things are difficult. I show up to celebrate. I show up in schools to volunteer, show up at businesses to learn more about what they need. It's all about being willing to talk to anybody and everybody and hear what they have to say. You know, there's always these courses for public speaking. Mm -hmm. How about some public listening? Hear people. Hear them where they're at. Good point. And hear what they have to say. Um, So I am a lifelong resident. Mm -hmm. After over 30 years as a franchisee with McDonald's, we are retired. Been retired for two years. Mm -hmm. I am a county commissioner, a public servant full-time. I dedicate my time, my weekends, my energy to the people of Iredell County. And I do not regret one minute of it. I would do it again, and I want to continue to serve. I feel led to this role. And I want to continue what I've gained, the knowledge I have, the energy I have to put forth to make these next steps for the citizens. It truly matters to me what direction it goes. Got three grown kids all still living here in Iredell County. Mm-hmm. And the other pieces of this, it's like I'm still heavily involved. We've referenced the nonprofits. We've recognized, recognized the causes. Talk to people at churches. Hear what they're doing. Connecting the dots. One of the things I believe from all the years of involvement in the community I immediately think of various different people when I'm asked. They'll say to me, I've got this situation. Who do I need to get in touch with? I'm like, oh, I know who you can reach out to. It's the connections I have have taken me years to build. And I feel like that is something that can't be learned or bought. It is just life experiences. Not to mention when you work in the restaurant business, you work with people. You have to really think before you speak, mm-hmm. and you can't lose your cool in difficult situations. So all these pieces in my life of varied interest and unique opportunities have really earned me a seat at the table to continue to do the work of the citizens. So. I was thinking while you were talking, owning the McDonald's franchises that you and Mike did mm-hmm. must have been a tremendous amount of on-the-job training for customer service. Absolutely. That is similar to it serving is. politically. You, you've got someone coming mm-hmm. at you, mm-hmm. literally coming at you, you know, verbally or As whatnot. Matter- They're not happy. Yeah. And you got to handle it somehow peacefully, exactly. calmly, professionally. I thoroughly agree with that statement. And I will say to you now, right before the break, that I was asked that one question, how are you going to be ready for politics? I said, because I've worked in McDonald's for many years <laughs> and I understand what it's like to, to work with people to help them find a solution. Mm. So... A lot of pieces, a lot of pieces going into this, but I'm pleased to have the opportunity to serve. Well, we're lucky to have you. Our conversation with Melissa Nieder rolls on. News Drive at 5 conversation series. I'm Patrick Reynolds. We will be back right after this. News Drive at 5 conversation series rolls on here. Patrick Reynolds taking you home on this Friday, February the 16th, 2024. In studio guest with me is Iredell County Commissioner, up for re-election, Melissa Nieder. You've got a sample ballot I over do. there. Yes. yes, because I made a reference in the previous segment about, we were talking about the, the term limits. Yes, and uh, four years, um, two years. Right, so on your ballot... If you uh, walk in there for a request a Republican ballot, you will see on the... Well, it should be on everyone's ballot. This one's going to be on everybody's. 
Underneath, it's called the Iredell County Board of Commissioners Structure Change. The question you will see states, shall the structure of the Board of Commissioners be altered so that members of the Board of Commissioners are elected for overlapping four-year terms in accordance with General Statute 153A-582C? You have an option of a yes or a no. Okay? Mm-hmm. So just to educate you a little more on, on that, because we talked a little bit about it, but I will say it takes one to two years to understand the structure of the board and the laws that are to be followed. A newly elected must first learn the can and can't do situations. And if electeds receive a two-year term, they are just starting to learn the process when it's time to campaign again and possibly lose that seat. So in addition, every voting year, the majority is up for re-election. The entire direction of the board can shift each election cycle. So consistency is very important Mm -hmm. in this role. And I support that four-year term. It was in 1974 that a referendum was on the ballot to have that two-year term added to allow for staggered terms to prevent the possibility of the entire board changing. If the correct, the current referendum is passed by voters of Idaho County, it will be effective with the general election occurring in November of 2026, and the three candidates with the highest votes will each receive a four-year term. In 2028, elections of the two candidates with the highest votes will receive four-year terms and go one year or one more cycle further. November of 2030 election, you'll have three candidates with the highest votes will receive four-year terms. Do you see how it goes, the three, the two, the three, the two, if this is passed and we all receive, if all candidates receive a four-year term? Mm-hmm, I do. Okay. So just wanted to kind of clear that up. Um, and we were just asking that of the voters because it was asked of the voters back in the 70s. So it came from the voters. We want to put it back out to the voters. Has it been a quiet issue for that long? For decades now? Right. It's just been how things were done. You know, and a lot of times people don't question how things are done. Right. But we question it this year. It's like, so what would provide some consistency after the primary for those who were seated on the board up until the general election? So that is one of the, you know, conversation pieces that come up. It's like, okay, so there are three candidates from the Republican side that will wind up on the ticket in November. One of them is going to get two years and two of them is going to get four years. Mm. So, of course, after that much effort you put in it, you want that four-year term to be able to learn what you need to do and do it and continue to move forward. I was thinking as you were speaking during the last segment, the four-year, two-year, my, my knee-jerk reaction mm-hmm. was no, two years. Right. Bye. And then you've, you've caused me to think here, and I'm thinking, well, if someone gets elected, gets in that seat, is two years enough time to actually make a difference? And I'm thinking, no, maybe you should have right. four years. I'm, I'm, oh gosh, so strongly against career politicians. Oh, absolutely. I'm not a fan of Washington, D.C. at all. Right, right. No, for career politicians. But I like you know, the mayors for selectmen, the, the, the right. commissioner boards like you are. Right. I, Look, I like that. And it also, it's the, what the really big difference, I think, of with local elections versus our larger elections. Folks really know who's on their local ballot. But when you see that list of names sometimes from, the, from that federal area or even at state level seats, you don't know who or what they stand for. And that's another thing. So let's go down that rabbit hole, Patrick. How do you choose your candidate? Who do you choose to put the fill in that circle beside their name when it comes to standing there with your ballot in front of you? So Before this show, I would have said their websites or their social media because mm-hmm. I want to see exactly that. Like yourself, right. so many folks have that. 
their the platform. Right. You know, who are you? What do you stand That's for? Right. What are you going to do? And the Republicans, they're all, it's similar. It is. It's mm-hmm. not the same. You're, you're seven different people with seven different ideas, mm-hmm. but they are similar. So I look for the nuances. I'm blessed to have this show. By the time the election gets here, I very well way, very, uh, me- I can try to say these words. I may have talked to actually all the candidates right. in this studio by mm-hmm. the time the election rolls around there. So I'm fortunate in that, but not everybody in the public has this platform right. that I do. So I exactly. would say, yeah, I, I would go to their websites. Mm-hmm. Years past, I'll, I'll tell you, I was a bad voter, and I would look at signs, mm-hmm. and you'd go into the you know, the voting booth, right. and I'm looking to pull in a circle. Like, oh, I saw a lot of signs for this person. Why not? And I would color it in. Mm-hmm. You know, decades later, I know, well, that's not the way to do this There's at so all. There's so many ways to decide. And it's also, there are some candidates who truly believe that standing at voting locations is the way to do it. I'm going to be here for the people to come up and ask. And then there's some voters who absolutely run past the lineup of people. So it's all in how do you make the best decision? Because who you put in these seats really does impact your life. Mm-hmm. So it's like get to know the people. Yeah. It really is. Just talk to a lot of colleagues, friends, whatnot. Every four years, the presidential election gets a lot of attention, Mm -hmm. turmoil, the pot stirring, so to speak. But these local elections, folks on your level, Mm -hmm. I try to tell people this has more to do with everybody's day-to-day life. It It does. The Melissa Needers of the world and the Iredell County Commissioners. That's That's your schools, your teachers, your roads, everything that you complain about. You know, on the way or something, you know, yeah. that is it. That's it. Not not the people right. in D.C. And this this is not the time of year that you will see the cities on the ballot. At this point, there will not be city elections on there. You will see, well, you need to pull up your sample ballot, too. First step, go to, yeah. to like, uh, your elections on the website. You can get to it through the Iredell County's website to go through the, the elections portion. Early voting began yesterday, February the 15th, March 5th primary coming up in a Mm -hmm. few weeks. You've talked about the importance of that. Don't want to let you out of here without addressing Love Iredell program. Absolutely. So, again, circling back around to all the ways that people can be involved in the community, this project is through the United Way. However, it is really focused strictly on Iredell County, the whole county. There are nonprofits that are having an opportunity to share their mission, their message, and projects. So you can take a look at loveunitedirdell.org. I believe that's the proper website. Yes, it is. Loveunitedirdell.org, and you can see all the projects. And when you click on those projects, you will also have a way to donate. So you can text 24, oh, I'm sorry, 2024 LUI to the number 71777. So that will take you right to the list of projects, too. How about, Patrick, you have a flyer over there. I do. Will you take a look at that and just pick out one that's jumping out to you, then we'll then we'll list them all off. The uh, beneficiary? Yeah, look, take a look at your list on there and see, because some of these, we actually may have interviewed several of them back well, in the day with Why Should I Care? Sure do. I'm jumping right. I think all of them, to be honest with you. But the first one, they all pop. First one that the, I think that pops the most, Purple Heart Homes. Yeah. They're still on air here Absolutely. at WSIC. That's right. They got the show. Yeah. With uh, and Brad what and the, John. And the goal of these projects is within the next six months to complete an actual project. So as you look into them... Food for Days has got a priority there to provide meals for children in the school system. 
Their goal is to come up with 1,296 meals to address the whole child throughout the school year. It is such a great opportunity for folks to see a nonprofit that is actually working right here and impacting the citizens in Iredell County. So your money stays right here and the money goes right to mm -hmm. work immediately. Have you ever done a telephone there? It's a, no, it's, I don't think I have. So you sit there and you just keep talking about something until you get the most money? I could do it. You I could have do not. it. I think I can. I was going to say, I you offering you or to yeah. I just is, wondered. Is there a role? I was gonna say, it's about the only thing I have not hosted. I, because you have been at the microphone <laughs> quite a bit. But it's just a great opportunity. If you want to put your dollars to action, help the folks in your community. And it's an easy way to help as well. And some of them even have opportunities for donations of items, too. So it's everyone from Rainbow Kids, Purple Heart Homes, Barrows Parenting, Mooresville Kindness Closet, Idle County Friends of the Library, Food for Days, Village Intervention Partnerships, Fifth Street Ministries, Insomniacs Incorporated. So I think there is not a group there. I think we've had every one of those back on the Why Should I Care. I think so. Pretty close. So <laughs> if you do nothing else with your life, make sure that you smile, you help your neighbor, and you treat people kindly. I was thinking back to the Why Should I Care days that you and I hosted, and you talked about the different attitudes we had on the show. Yeah. Some were buoyant mm -hmm. and laughable, mm -hmm. and some we got into very serious matters. And this connects to Waves Entertainment, where I am now. One of the skills that I think was honed, I think I could do it, but it really sharpened my skills on that, was reading an audience. Oh, absolutely. At Waves Entertainment, I hop up on stage, and I got a few hundred, few thousand people yeah. in front of me, yeah. and you're back and forth a banter. You have to be able to, in the host row, to read the audience and kind of get your and program you need, going you, one way or the other. Absolutely. And that's still within the realm of an elected official. Read the room. Read your people. Where do they need you to be? Because it's not about the politics. It's about the people. Mm -hmm. It truly is. I used to love laughing and joking around with you on that show. And there were some shows where yeah. there was no place for a joke or a smart comment. Right. And I think you, with Why Should I Care, helped sharpen that uh, arrow in my quiver of, of reading the audience. Not that I'm perfect at it, but I think but I got at better least, at it hey, because of you. That's one of the goals, too. Push yourself outside the comfort zone because that's where you're going to grow. Learn and be more of who you are. So it's been a great opportunity to talk with you today, Patrick. Thank you for having me back on the air with you again. Go vote, folks. we got the primary going on. The actual final date is March the 5th. Find your location. Vote. We've got seven candidates for three seats. And I'm asking for your support today to continue on the mission that I'm on. Early voting began yesterday, the last day to vote, basically uh, the election day, so to speak, the primary day, March the 5th. Mm -hmm. Melissa Nieder in studio with us. No matter who you're looking at for a candidate, the important thing every candidate agrees on, get out and vote. Absolutely. Melissa, thank you so much for being with us today. News Drive at 5 conversation series. I'm Patrick Reynolds. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday.